sales is a nuanced environment. You know, it's uh, I think those type that type of AI in chat has a very useful function in a highly process oriented environment, like a support environment. But sales is nuanced. Sales is about connection. You know, you, you talk about this a lot, Andy. Sales is about that curiosity about, you know, what what is it? What's important to your company, but what's important to you? Like you can't get that through AI. You have to get that through in interaction like we're having. And that's where I think we really shine is being able to provide companies, um, especially B2B high tech companies, uh, the ability to do that and do it like in a way that and that that's tied to their existing investments in technology, their Salesforce investments, their sales engagement investments. It just makes so much sense. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Robert Zimmerman. Robert is the Chief Revenue Officer for Qualified. And in our conversation today, Robert and I are joined by Howard Brown, CEO of Revenue.io. And we're going to talk about a number of sales topics, including how more and more companies are using technology to actually personalize and humanize the interactions they have with buyers throughout the buying journey. In particular, we dive into how Qualified is enabling companies to have live video chats with visitors to their website, taking it up a notch from a chat pocket or a text chat. We also explore a topic that I've been increasingly asking sales leaders as they come on this program, sales leaders like Robert, which is what their advice is for other sellers and sales leaders to position themselves to thrive as the economy begins to slow down. What are some of the steps they should be taking? So we get into this and much, much more. But before we get to Robert, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's jump into it with Robert and with Howard. Robert, welcome to the show. Howard Brown, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Awesome, Andy. It's wonderful to be here. I'm really excited. So, Robert, for people who don't know you or know what you do, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing. Yeah, I'll be happy to. Um, I am the CRO at uh, Qualified. Uh, Qualified.com helps companies generate pipeline faster. Uh, in fact, Qualified connects your greatest asset, your website, uh, to Salesforce to identify your most valuable visitors, uncover signals of buying intent, shape sales and marketing campaigns, and instantly start sales conversations. I've been with the company for about a year after a long um, extended period, both at Salesforce and at Twilio, and rejoined some old friends and uh, some people I really respect, um, Sean Whiteley and mm -hmm. uh, Craig Swensrud, who is, is the, uh, Sean is the, uh, one of the co-founders and um, and Craig is the CEO of Qualified. I've known them for about 15 years when uh, sh uh, Craig was actually a CMO at Salesforce. Yeah. Yeah. Craig's been a guest on our show as well. Um, he has. As well as, yeah, your colleague, Maura Rivera, just recently was on the show. Um, so for people who aren't real familiar with Qualified, one, yeah, you sort of give an overview, but you know, give us a little more on that. Because I think it's it's such an instrumental tool for, as you said, for building pipeline these days. Yeah, I think if you think about um, what's happening in the marketplace and you think about uh, what people are experiencing, really the old ways of ads and forms is really broken. It doesn't, it doesn't produce the same results. And there is a new way of really thinking about 
your digital presence and your website. And that new way is really around ads and outreach and conversations. Uh, just look at the number, like if you think about sales engagement platforms like yours, Howard, with revenue.io and some of the things that you're doing, this, this is a new way uh, in a lot of respects. And if I think about how companies think about these things, every company has two basic motions. They have an inbound motion and they have an outbound motion. Mm -hmm. And um, if you think about what you're trying to do, whether it's you know that investment in the ad dollars that you spend, we answer the question, well, what happens when somebody clicks on that ad and they end up on your website? Um, do they just get presented with nothing? Do they get presented with a generic bot? Or if that person is a really important prospect or client you're trying to get a hold of, why wouldn't you try to connect with them at the moment that they're on their website when they're when you're top of mind? Yeah. Well, I mean, so many companies seem focused on, hey, you know, we can we can now tell you exactly who that individual is that's visiting your website so you can follow up with them after they're there. It's like, well, no, why not talk to them then? Exactly. Um, what, what I sorry, what Andy, what I what I love, Robert, about qualified, and I've been a customer since the very beginning, and I also know Sean and Craig for years. As a matter of fact, I was the first customer on their company two times ago before they were bought by Salesforce called Keaton, which was very much about understanding where somebody came from, what ad when they showed up on your website, and then would link that to Salesforce. What I love about the story is it's really an evolution of that, right? Buyers' journeys have completely evolved, right? Buyers aren't interested in sellers constantly reaching out to them with almost no value. Buyers are doing the research. They're going to your website. They're downloading white papers. They're spending time researching you and your competitors. And what's brilliant about the qualified solution that you folks have brought to market, and we're, we're users today and big fans is the ability to connect with folks when they want to connect. It's no longer about the sales rep wanting to do something. It's about the user now on the site. They need some additional information. Now they want that human intervention. I think that's so critical. Rather than us inundating buyers, we're intervening when they think it's necessary. And that is a critical difference. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I, you know, I think... There's some statistics, and don't quote me exactly on this, but the majority of research that's happening happens before the buyer even connects with you. And so uh, I think on the previous um, uh, episode that you had, Andy, Maura Rivera was talking about the rise of the anonymous buyer um, mm -hmm. and the amount of research that happens so that when somebody actually clicks through that ad or comes to your website, you know, they've, they already know what, you know, 70, 80% of what they're trying to uncover, but that engagement, the moment they're there needs to be a highly personalized engagement. We talk about this concept of watching somebody's digital body language, and we have this capability within qualified where we can actually see what the person is browsing on, on your website. And, um, the analogy I always make is. If you were running a physical storefront, would you want the person sitting at the counter just looking at their phone, not really engaging? Or do you want the person fully engaged, approaching that person with a highly personalized contextual discussion? You know, it's great to see you, Andy, again. I know last time you were here, you were interested in this. Can I help you with that? 
it's those type of things. We really believe amplification of the investment you're making, especially in B2B sales, the investment you're making in your inbound and outbound team, your SDRs, your BDRs, or whatever you may call them at your company, amplifying that investment and making those people, you know, supercharged uh, proponents of your company is the, the way of the future. Well, I think that it's it's this human interaction, right? That that's so critical, and especially now you've amped it up with with conversations. So that I know a lot of people, you know, when they see like a bot, they think, oh, it's not a real person. But now you can actually go into audio and video conversations live with customers on site, and I think that's to me that's sort of the killer app, right? Is then you actually a real human interaction and start building that connection that you need, that emotional connection you need with the buyer. Yeah, I think you talked about it. I was uh, listening to a, a couple of um, episodes that you had released recently, and you talk about in your latest book, you know, connection, curiosity, understanding, mm-hmm. and generosity. And you think about the application that we, we crave human connection. We yes. crave somebody who you can meet them. What is that story? Why are they interested in researching you? What, you know, what are they trying to accomplish? What are they unhappy with, with respect mm-hmm. to their current solution? Um, I'm a big proponent. One of the things obviously coming out of Salesforce, Salesforce, in my opinion, has one of the most amazing, uh, sales organizations, enablement organizations, how they think about engaging their customers. And they really believe in that journey. Um, I love it when a, I hear from a customer who's recently decided to become a qualified customer that the reason that they chose qualified is we understood their business better than even they really understood it because we were doing so much research across the organization. Yeah, well, I think that's that's such a critical source of value to buyers, right? This ability to feel understood, um, that will set you apart easily. Robert, when you think about your go-to-market motion as chief revenue officer, you have a product that, that traverses both sales and marketing. That, that's difficult because who has the budget and who are you talking to? Who are you selling to? Who's, you're solving multiple problems across the go-to-market organization. How do you prioritize? How, how do you work um, with those two parts of the organization? And Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Howard. And um, it's something that we constantly ask ourselves um, as we innovate on the product, when we first started, we definitely believed budgets were coming from the CMO, specifically from demand gen leaders. Uh, if you think about the users of Qualified, they tend to be inbound and outbound SDRs and BDRs. Um, uh, we call them internally uh, uh, QSRs at Qualified, Qualified uh, Sales Reps. Um, but what's really interesting is we realized that while those budgets initially were coming from marketing, the actual lift and the people who got really excited about what we were doing were um, CROs, people like myself. Because yeah. think about this. If you think about the dark funnel and these great companies that are out there today that give you intent in that dark funnel, I mean, the way it works is as CRO, you, you've got your strategic reps, you've got your account reps, and marketing will come to them and say, what are your target accounts? What 10, 20 accounts are you focused on? Where should we put our marketing investment? And usually what happens, if you've got a great rep, they'll know which accounts 
they're going to be targeted, uh, they're going to be focused on. If you have reps who are relatively new, it's a little bit of a shot in the dark. Um, but then that goes to marketing and they build these campaigns around that. They build these audiences and sort of ABM strategies around that. And what we've found is, look, we have this amazing, we call it the one-two pounds punch. I'm sorry, the one-two punch with an outbound sequence where somebody will send something uh, it could be on email. It could be through some ABM um, uh, advertising you're focused on. But have that go to a client you're really trying to get uh, in touch with and trying to get expressed interest with. And if they click through either that email that comes directly to, uh, the, to your website or they click on an ad that comes to your website, we actually can surface who they are, where they came from, we can give you a customer 360. We can show you exactly what they're looking at you on, on your website. And more importantly than that, we actually now have captured all that data where we can aggregate that at an account level and we can create signals that show you which accounts are surging in those target accounts that you're pursuing. And so we've found that message really resonates in, in the sales organization. And so in the past, we've seen budgets come from CMOs, and we've seen budgets come from demand gen. We're, st we're starting to see budgets opening up on the sales side as well, which is really exciting for us. And if you had enough usage with conversations to sort of understand the data in terms of how it's how it's being used, I mean, like I know there's still even two years, three years into the pandemic, there's still video reluctance on people's parts. I mean, when are you seeing sort of what percentage of those sort of initial text exchanges are converting to videos and audio and exchanges? Well, we've always believed that um, there is a place for a highly personalized interaction and there is a place for a chat experience where it might be the long tail of accounts that you have that you're focused on, but they don't necessarily warrant the interaction. They're not a strategic or a, a targeted account for you. And so what we've done in the strategic and targeted side where we want to engage, it could be chat. Uh, mm -hmm. We now have the capability to move that into a voice call. You can do it immediately directly from your website. Um, the pandemic has, has basically taught everybody, you can go video on demand immediately. Everybody's comfortable with the Zoom interaction now. So why wouldn't you then take that and we just released this functionality in the last quarter where you can actually upgrade that um, chat voice call now into a video call. Mm -hmm. And we're finding we have closed transactions with clients with what we call them experiencing the qualified on qualified experience, meaning they come mm -hmm. to our website, they engage initially with chat, they move it into a video call, they negotiate a transaction on that same video call. Oh, and the next it. thing you know, we're sending out paperwork because they just can't believe how well that actually works. And they want, we call it, they want some of that. They want that on their website. They want that experience. <laughs> well, it's back, gets back to a point you talked about before is, is if truly buyers have done the preponderance of their research before they engage with sellers for the first time, then in my mind, by definition, when they do engage, there's a sense of urgency to it. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to continue to invest more time uh, unnecessarily in the search. And if you're there and you can meet the need with this human interaction, yeah, you're going to close a high fraction of those deals. Yeah. The, uh, we always hear about the, the concept speed to lead. 
how quickly can you engage a client uh, when they express interest? And we also know that statistically, about 80% of buyers will probably buy from the first um, in, uh, first mm -hmm. company or person that they engage with. So why would you open yourself up to a situation where you're not responding to these people who are target accounts of yours, a strategic accounts that you're trying to fo they're trying to pursue right. the moment that they're there? And it's it's to me this is a big reason that I decided that I want to join Qualified because this is the future. This is. Um, you know, it's interesting, uh, Sarah Franklin, who's the current CMO at Salesforce, who sits on our board of advisors, she, she basically says, everybody needs a qualified pipeline cloud. And we love that. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that we're, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but we, we're highly focused and we're purpose built for Salesforce customers. So right. we, you have to be running Salesforce to be able to use qualified. Um, right. It's, it's something that was really important for me as I started thinking about the next company I wanted to join. And I wanted to be as a part of that sort of Salesforce ecosystem because it's such a great, a great ecosystem out there. Yeah. Well, Revenant.io is the same thing. Exactly. Uh, Purpose-built on, on Salesforce. Um, yeah. I just, and I was just smiling while you're talking about that story because in, in my first book, Zero Time Selling, I give an example of that sort of pre tech pre this level of technology where yeah if you can engage the buyer in a meaningful way and in a value driven way is you take away the incentive for them to go talk to somebody else yeah absolutely oh sorry no no go ahead howard sorry no no robert i was I, so we know that the sale is critical but we also see opportunities to communicate with our customers in the same way, because as you know, the sale is great, but the opportunity in SaaS is to upsell, cross-sell, and to continue delivering value over the lifetime of that customer. Because the whole SaaS model, we know it costs too much to acquire a customer if they, you're only able to retain them a year. The idea is to continue to retain them and deliver more and more value is qualified moving into areas of customer success or even support. Because at the end of the day, a customer is a customer, whether they have a support problem, a sales problem, customer success problem, it's a single view into that customer. How are you guys thinking about that? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I think in much of the same way that we are purpose built for Salesforce and strictly thinking about Salesforce customers as our potential customers. We're also very focused on um, the conversational aspects of sales and marketing. And we have made a decision at this point that we want to have a great handoff experience into a support conversation, but we are a believer that somebody should have a best of breed solution when it comes to uh, utilizing support and conversations specifically for support. If you refer back, you know, SaaS is great. We talk about the iceberg slide a lot in the in SaaS. And um, there is so much complexity once you get deep into B2B customer support, which is sort of where our customers are. We specifically focus on B2B uh, customers. And there are so many uh, 
complexities that come up in this space. If you think about the dominant players today uh, with Salesforce in that in that conversational space and companies like Intercom who've built a business in that support environment, we we don't believe that there is a, a place at this time for us to go head to head with with a company like that. We want to ensure that we partner appropriately. We have a really nice handoff to a company like that. But we're right now, our investment, our innovation, everything that we do is strictly focused on the sales and marketing side uh, of the house. And we'll continue to build out additional products. Um, our signals product, which was recently released and is now part of our pipeline cloud, um, allows us to have expansion. We actually just came off a great quarter. We had incredible expansion within our existing uh, install customers. And we'll continue to develop um, great products and continue to innovate predominantly in the sales and marketing side of, side of things. So shifting focus a little bit is, is tapping into your experience and your insights based on that is, is certainly some thought that we may be heading into a recession. Um, not a given, but it seems like that indicators of that. I'd read a recent LinkedIn post that somebody had said that uh, they had surveyed 100 CROs and CEOs. Uh, I think this was during the month of June, and not one reported hitting their targets. I was just wondering, sir, what you're seeing, and then I wanted to get into, okay, what are the, based on that, what advice would we give to sales leaders and to sellers about how to operate or perhaps modify how they're operating to thrive in this environment if they can? Yeah, I, I don't want to date myself here, Andy, but um, I've, I've been <laughs> You don't have through, to worry about that. When I'm, when, I'm would, on, when I'm on the call, you're you're perfectly young, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I lived through the, uh, the GFC. Uh, I was at Salesforce uh, when we went through the dot-com implosion. Actually, when mm. I got out of school, I was fortunate enough to... Um, I moved from Australia to the US when I was 16 and ended up going to uh, Cal Berkeley, which is an incredible school. It's where my parents met back in mm -hmm. the 60s. Uh, my mother's actually wow. Colombian and my my father was a international grad student from Australia. Um, but um, hmm. the, the lessons that I have are, the, our business is not going away, but you do need to pivot. And it elevates the requirement that you execute, you inspect, you do all these things a lot better. But I will say this, um, in our business at Qualified, we recognize that every company needs pipeline. It is the lifeblood of their business. And if anyone's going to be looking at cutting spend, they're probably gonna cut anything that generates high quality pipeline last, because that's where you have to focus. Now, if I were a sales leader and I was looking at what's happening in the, you know, in in the world today, there are economic headwinds. I mean, we're coming off this period of time where there was enormous investments made by a variety of different um, companies, and and uh, you know whether it was venture or whether it was PE, there was just so much money out there, and some of that is it's changing. And so we've got economic headwinds, we've got inflation, we've got uh, a war happening, we've got disruptions in supply chain, you know, the, the total number of things that are impacting what we do day in, day out, um, definitely impacts our, our, our business. We see it in sort of technology layoffs, and we see it in other areas. But 
at the end of the day, um, SaaS, B2B selling, Gartner has predicted that there's going to be increases in the total budgets and total amounts that are available to be captured. Great companies get, uh, get created at this time. If you think about when Salesforce was created, if you think about when, you know, um, Microsoft and others, they came out of recessionary environments because they had to build great companies with great individuals with really good operational metrics and really good rigor. And I think the companies that can do that well will find that this time can be a very successful time, even even though it's challenging. Uh, just to speak to that, I, I, I think you, as you describe the situation where companies won't cut off things that are generating good pipeline and, and, and revenue, that's a rational operator. I, I think what happens a lot of times when you have the market psychology that the sky is falling, people don't act as rationally as one would hope. And so there certainly are a lot of layoffs. And one of the areas that I have seen is in the in the SDR function. Every board is talking about maybe we should ramp down some of our SDR function. The, the pipeline value is, is not as great right now as retaining and selling into our base. Let's focus on the customers that we have because they, they, they cost less. Um, I, I hear you and I agree with you wholeheartedly. This is where companies absolutely can soar and this is where you differentiate. But it's also hard to tell a sales leader, a marketing leader who's under that sort of pressure that, hey, it's irrational to cut the things that are going to help you grow when they're under that stress. I'm, I'm just curious how you, how you handle those sort of conversations because they're, they're, they come in all shapes and sizes. No, you're absolutely right. Um, there is this knee-jerk reaction sometimes. If you think about where you cut spend, you cut it in T&E. And you cut it in marketing spend. It's the two levers that give you the most immediate impact. And then, you know, unfortunately, people have to go to people cost because it's for technology companies and companies like ours. It's the it's one of the largest areas of operational spend. Uh, but what I found and what I've, I preach is if you understand your um, ICP, and we're, we're very focused on the North American B2B high-tech businesses who run Salesforce. If you understand your ICP, if you can help build a business case into that ICP, ICP that takes into consideration this new economic environment where you have to show return on every dollar spent, um, if you do those things really well and you have a point of view, I mean, keep in mind, Qualified is on the leading edge of a new way of selling. Um, you can revert back to old ways. You can go back to your marketing automation tools if you'd like, but we all know that form fills are way, way down and that's not going to change. You have to lean into this. And so we're looking for ways that we can help our customers get closer to their customers, do more of that cross-sell and upsell and you know, you might be looking at companies that are more interested in adding products into the portfolio they can take into their existing customers. But I was at Salesforce in 2008 and 2009, and we pivoted really heavily into new business acquisition because we realized, yes, you could focus on your existing customers, but we, if you have a really strong 
position that reduces cost, raises revenue, raises ACV, allows you to capture more pipeline. What a great time to go out and, and win new customers. And I remember at that stage, we went really hard after those old Siebel deployments at Sal- when I was at Salesforce, mm-hmm. really hard after Microsoft deployments, all those you know single tenant environments where they were running everything in-house and they hadn't moved to the cloud yet. If I think about the GFC, in my mind, that accelerated SaaS more than at any other time. And I sort of view in a very similar way this move away from traditional marketing automation, which I really believe is dead or dying in terms of the traditional gated content on a form to an instant, immediate interaction the moment that the person wants to meet with you. And as you said, Andy, take it from a chat to a phone call to a video call. Like we're on this video call as we're doing this pod, this pod and it's just, it's natural. You know, three years mm-hmm. ago, people probably weren't used to doing this. Now everybody knows how to do it. Well, I think the thing that for me is really interesting though, when we make that transition, we go from the chat to the the audio to the voice is it's actually sort of almost a back to the future type moment because it's about the human interaction, right? Instead of just automating that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's actually two people talking. And, and to me, if, if you can master that, then you're going to start something really good. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's, like I said, it's almost, it's almost old fashioned in that regard, but the fact that it happens instantaneously is fantastic. Yeah. We, um, you know, there's a lot of companies that preach there's AI or, you know, natural language, uh, capabilities mm. and, you know, it's sales is a nuanced environment. You know, it's, uh, I think those type, that type of AI in chat has a very useful function in a highly process oriented environment, like a support environment, right? But sales is nuanced. Sales is about connection. You know, you, you talk about this a lot, Andy, sales is about that yeah. curiosity about, right. you know, what, what is it, what's important to your company, but what's important to you? Like you can't get that through AI. You have to get that yeah. through in interaction like we're having. And that's yeah. where I think we really shine is being able to provide companies, um, especially B2B high tech companies, uh, the ability to do that and do it like in a way that, and that that's tied to their existing investments in technology, their Salesforce investments, their sales engagement investments. It just makes so much sense. So a question for both of you then is, does it change how you enable and make ready your frontline sellers? 100%. I, I think at the end of the day, we expect that human beings and sales reps are somehow trained on how to be great conversationalists. And you're right, AI cannot take the place of it. Where AI is interesting is more in the way of augmented intelligence. It's studying how people interact. It's understanding that each of us has nuance and how we build relationships, how we connect with others. And it's using that artificial intelligence to help individuals improve their performance as opposed to replace them. That is the critical piece. So how do we enable people, whether they're on the phone, they're making SMS messages, they're using qualified, they're on a Zoom meeting. How do we enable them to be better, to help them with the human part of what they need to do, which is connecting, building relationships, building trust, adding 
that sort of problem solving to their repertoire so that they can come to the table and add value. That's what people want to buy from. People who bring value and expertise. That's what people are looking for. So whatever technology we enable them with, that technology has to help the human beings, our sales employees, our support employees, our success employees get better at the job of building relationships. Yeah, I, so, so oh, go ahead, Robert. I'm sorry. I was just going to add to that. Um, if I think about my background and my history, I mean, I've I've been fortunate. I I've had an opportunity to build these incredible high performance teams, and um, when I think about these great people I've hired, many of them who have gone on to be future leaders at other companies and had senior roles, um, we are enabling a new type of seller, and. I do think that it's, it's I, lo I love your comment back, like a little bit back to the future. Like what we're preaching is not new, but they're tools that we can provide that allow that connection to happen and allow us to practice our art, which is basically um, how, you be a, how you can be a great professional seller, a trusted advisor to you, your clients and provide a point of view that helps them navigate this pretty incredible technology time that we're seeing out there. And so we're really focused on changing the way that our sellers engage and uh, react to their, their prospects and their customers. How are you doing that other than through the use of the technology, which facilitates that, but you know, from the person standpoint, how are you helping them change that? I'll give you a very simple example. Like we, sure. we have this ability in, uh, in qualified to what we call pounce on somebody who's on the website. So mm -hmm. similarly, if we give the example of like a digital or a physical storefront is how do you walk up to somebody and engage them? Well, mm -hmm. in a digital environment where somebody, you can't see them on the other side, and you want that engagement to be highly personalized and contextual, you can't just suddenly blurt out like, how can I help you or have a generic interaction? There is a way that you engage in a highly personalized way in a digital interaction. And um, we train our sellers to be able to leverage new technology in a way that adds to that human experience for the person on the other side. And so you have to get better, not just, you know, in-person discussion. You know how great sellers, we, we used to joke there was the relationship seller. They're always good at the mm. relationship side of things. Well, there's the really great digital seller as well. How do you engage with somebody who's on the other side of a browser, on the other side of your website? And so we're, uh, we're spending a lot of time thinking about that. I, I was talking to my sales team about Qualified a couple of weeks ago and the idea of pouncing actually and the, how, I, how I described it was if you've ever been to a networking event, there's a process of walking up to people mm -hmm. and you always know that person that's totally awkward and says something weird and off-putting. There's some people who just don't say anything. They sort of nudge their ways way in. And then there's the individual who approaches in a very contextual way that asks the right question that immediately engages you and makes you feel comfortable. And that's what I was trying to describe. Like we cannot just because they're on a pricing page say, hey, how are you today? Do you want to talk? No, you already know that they went to this product. They're looking at pricing. Ask them like, 
Looks like you may be interested in pricing based on something, like something specific, something relevant, timely. Those are the things that we need to do. That's the part of qualified that I think is incredibly special. It's, you're calling it pounce, but it really is like that moment of networking, that moment of engagement that's so critical. And I see it done, whether people are, whatever tool people are using, it's so abrasive now. I, I liken it back to the days of, the early banner days where I'm on a website and bam, I get a front banner at me. I get the banner. When I close the browse, I get people all like, that's the experience. And we need to take that and make it more like amazon.com where I show up and knows what I've bought before. It knows that I'm out of it because it's been 30 days. That's the experience that the B2B buyer wants. It needs to be consumered consumerized, whatever you want to call it, we need to provide that experience, whether it's on the phone, whether it's unqualified, whether it's on the web, that's what we need to do because that's what all of us, each of us is a consumer. Each of us wants that experience. So we need to provide that. I couldn't have said that better myself. Howard, <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, you nailed it. You're, you're exactly right. And you know, Andy, uh, this is this is when the, that magic happens when you have somebody who's a, you know, and I'll bring it back to qualified in the sense that you have somebody who's a qualified user, and your pitch is just so good because what you just described is exactly what we're trying to do. Um, but how I mean, you 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 get this. You've been in this business a, a long time. You're a leader. Uh, running a company, you understand what it takes, and we have a responsibility to educate and and enable uh, these this next um, generation of sellers mm -hmm. because selling has the the crux of what you describe Andy in how you think about selling that hasn't changed it's the engagement and the tooling and all these other things that have become very new and that's where we in the in the roles that we're in need to enable our sellers to be the the best that they can be Great. I just would add one other thing. Again, the tools are critical. The buyer has changed. The tools have changed, but the buyer has changed, right? Mm -hmm. The buyer has very different expectations of sellers and companies. It's dependent on us to train the sellers how to meet the buyer's expectations. We're talking right now about on the web. We focus in the conversation, right? On the phone, in the Zoom meeting, within email, within SMS, buyers have completely different expectations and we have to train our sellers how to meet those expectations because guess what's gonna happen? Sellers will be automated out at the low end. The best ones will raise to the surface and they will do well. But if we as companies do not support them and train them and educate them and give them the tooling to meet that buyer's needs, it's not going to work. You as a customer will go to the company that provides that experience. So gone are the days where we can just set up a rep and say, hey, 30 days in, go sell this, mm -hmm. this book of 45 SKUs into very complicated businesses against all these competitors. We need to arm them with tools to make them better in the moment. And we need to consistently train them for next best actions and how to deal with every bit of context. So 
Super excited to spend time with you, Robert. This has been fun. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good way to wrap it up. Uh, Howard, thank you. And uh, Robert, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, they can find me on LinkedIn, um, Robert Zimmerman at uh, Qualified. And I'd be more than happy to engage in a conversation. The other way is come to our website at uh, qualified.com and experience what qualified actually is for a company uh, who is looking for um, elevating the way that they generate qualified pipeline. Yeah, I, I recommend they do that. Uh, and Howard, if people want to connect with you. Howard at revenue.io. Find me on LinkedIn or go to revenue.io. All right. Thank you. I'll be on the podcast, right? You'll be on a podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, thank you, Andy. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank our guests today, Howard Brown and Robert Zimmerman, for sharing their insights with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you for that. And thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. <laughs>